Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It is Wednesday, October 5th. I'm your host, Eric Steven, and we have reached the end of the regular season. Uh, One more day uh, across baseball. Every game is uh, pretty much at the same time. Um, Dodgers play at 1.20 p.m. uh, against the Rockies today. Uh, It's the final game of the regular season. Uh, All the uh, playoff seedings were wrapped up. On Tuesday, uh, the Dodgers' uh, quest for 111 wins uh, will stretch into a fourth day. Uh, They lost to the Rockies again on Tuesday. The Dodgers have scored all of four runs over the last three games. Uh, Hasn't been the best way uh, to sort of uh, close out the year, and I'm sure that's going to cause a lot of consternation um, uh, going into the postseason. But as I think I've said this probably a billion times over the last like 15 years uh how you play in october is the most um it's the biggest determinant of how you will do in october it's not how you play in september it's not how you finish you still have to do it in october like we've seen years where the dodgers were gangbusters um heading into the the postseason and then flopped in october We've seen them slump down the stretch and then uh, do great uh, once the playoffs started. So you never know. Um, but yeah, they uh, they look like a team that could use a break right now, and they're about to get five days off after Wednesday. But um, what we do know, uh, because of the brackets sort of um, uh, aligning officially on Tuesday, is uh, we know uh, that of the two teams... Um, they'll need to scout for heading into the National League Division Series. Uh, The Braves on Tuesday clinched the NL East, which locked in the Mets as the number four seed. And then shortly after that, the Phillies lost in Houston and the Padres won at home against the Giants. The Padres clinched the number five seed. So you have a Padres-Mets wildcard series as the four versus five. They play a best of three starting Friday in New York. All three games of that series, if it goes three, uh, are at Citi Field. Um, the winner gets the Dodgers in the NLDS, which starts Tuesday, October 11th. Uh, and that's pretty sweet. And we've talked about this before. Obviously, uh, Mets are terrifying in the sense that if DeGrom and Scherzer are on, um, they are the, like the best top two, uh, starting, uh, combo in baseball. Um, and then the, but you basically, because of the wildcard series, 
you're you're only going to see them twice, I would imagine. And uh, you know, given Degrom's injury history and just everything, uh, it would be hard pressed to see him pitch on short rest. But even if he does uh, later in the series, he would be you know less effective. So it, it's uh, it's doable. It's more doable because of the advantages of not having to play the wild card round for the Dodgers. So. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to sort of break that down as that becomes more clear. Um, we also had a Dodgers rewind on uh, Tuesday's episode, so I didn't get a chance to talk about Monday's game. So we'll just we have a couple days to sort of catch up on. But first, on Tuesday, Julio Urias uh, won the National League ERA title. He allowed two runs in five innings. Uh, both are both were home runs, solo home runs. Uh, so weirdly, uh, his last uh, nine runs or his last nine home runs are solo shots, uh, dating back to I believe July sixteenth was the date. Uh, and during that time, he's allowed um, uh, fourteen total runs in fourteen starts, and uh, nine of those were solo home runs. So he's been very stingy. That allowed him to close out the year with a 216 ERA in 175 innings. It is the 16th time a uh, an LA Dodger has led the league in ERA. If you go back back to Brooklyn, there were only a, f- a handful there. Two Dazzy Vance did it three times, um, and uh, then you had Sal Magley and Johnny Padres. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, uh, Johnny Padres led the ERA. Sal Magley led an ERA plus one year. Um, as far as L.A. Dodgers to lead in ERA, Koufax and Kershaw each did it five times. If you go by ERA+, plus, uh, Urias is at uh, 193 by rough estimate. Uh, we'll find out once baseball reference updates in the morning. But that also leads the league. Uh, it's the fourth highest in Dodgers history, L.A. and Brooklyn. And um, the other three came in a three-year stretch uh, not too long ago. Uh, Zach Greinke. Uh, 222 in 2015. Um, Kershaw was 197 in 2014, and then the year before he was at 194. So yeah, a uh, very good season for Urias. Uh, they haven't announced, um, and they probably won't until the weekend, maybe, uh, whether Urias or Kershaw will start Game One. My bet is Julio Urias. Um, just well, given that they're they're in that order now, Urias one, Kershaw two. Kershaw's pitching Wednesday. Um, and given how, like, Dave Roberts has sort of talked a lot over the last few weeks about how absurd it is in his view that uh, Julio Urias hasn't been an all-star, that he didn't get enough Cy Young recognition last year, he only got a, um, a couple down-ballot votes, finished tied for seventh. So he's he sort of thinks he's slided, and it's hard for me to believe that after all that um, sort of <laughs> um, building Urias up, saying how good he is, and then going, you know what, we're going with Kershaw in game one. Either he's you know either one would be a fine choice. Kershaw's been pitching great, but I just think given what Urias has done, how he's sort of been the rock of the rotation the last two years, uh, being healthy uh, all uh, all season for both years, uh, someone they can rely on. I think they will reward that with a game one start uh, to start the NLDS and then Kershaw game two. But again, that's not official yet. Uh, another sort of good sign. Tony Gonsolin looked pretty good on Monday. He came back from the injured list after missing uh, six weeks with a forearm strain. Now, it was abbreviated. Uh, The plan was for him to go three innings um, at most, I believe. He ended up only pitching two because he had a 27-pitch second inning. Uh, He showed rust there, obviously, uh, but um, he did sort of finish it off. It was kind of like a spring training game in that he followed his outing with another inning in the bullpen during the third inning. 
The positives were three strikeouts, including two to limit the damage to only one run in the second. He allowed, like, um, he fell behind to four straight hitters, gave up three hits in that span for a run. Another one was a hard line drive for an out. The good news, again, was the missing bats. He had 20 swings, eight whiffs in those swings, so that's a positive sign. So next up for Gonsolin is a simulated game at some point this weekend, and then he... Dave Roberts the other day said if Gonsolin's healthy, he's going to start game three or four. Now, again, he's going to be abbreviated. Wouldn't have, would imagine he wouldn't be uh, stretched out to that point to go m- longer than four innings. Um, but if he's pitching well, that that's something you can work with, right? Even if he's like a three or four inning guy, um, given sort of the bullpen depth that they have, um, I think that's a good sign, at least that he's healthy and the stuff is there. So, that's a positive going into it. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about some other uh, positives and, and other uh, potential concerns uh, heading into the final day of the season after the break. So Trace Thompson on Tuesday uh, was 0 for 2, uh, snapped a little mini hit streak, but he has been on a nice little hot streak going here. Um, he homered and singled on Monday in his last seven games, including the 0 for 2 Tuesday. He's 7 for 19 with six walks, two homers and a double. Uh, he reached base in eight consecutive plate appearances from Saturday to Monday. He had a double and two walks to end his Saturday game, a single walk and a single on Sunday, and then he started Monday with a home run and a single in his, um, yeah, to start that game. So it gives me an excuse uh, to reference Pedro Guerrero, who reached base 14 straight times in July 1985 to set the club record. That year, he was more known for his um, 15 uh, homers in June, which uh, tied uh, Duke Snyder's record for the month of June. Um, and uh, But that July, I think he was even better. He didn't have the home run total, but he was walking a ton. He ended up in July. He also got hurt a little bit. In July, he hit 460, 563, 794. And in a stretch, he had uh, he reached base 14 straight times. That's the club record. Uh, speaking of Guerrero in 1985, which was coincidentally um, the first full year I was following uh, baseball intently uh, and watching the Dodgers, um, he's the last Dodger to lead the National League and on base percentage with a 422 mark that year. He also led in slugging and subsequently OPS and uh, did not win the MVP thanks to uh, my mortal enemy, Willie McGee. Um, but, yeah, uh, speaking of on base percentage, uh, Freddie Freeman, he enters Wednesday leading the National League at 405. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is at 404. Juan Soto of the Padres is at 403. However, Freeman is in a bit of a slump now. He's 0 for 12 the last three games, so it puts a huge dent in his quest for a batting title and uh, his quest for 200 hits. Um, he enters the last day of the season with 196 hits. He's hitting 322. Uh, Jeff McNeil had three, three, uh, I guess three for eight in Tuesday's doubleheader for the Mets. He's hitting 326. Haven't dug into the all the numbers just yet, but it seems like Freeman almost has to have three more hits than McNeil on Wednesday. So, like if McNeil has one hit, Freeman basically needs four. I'm sure I'll go into the, some other scenarios possibly for the morning, but. It's not looking good from the, on the batting title front, but still excellent season for Freeman, uh, no matter how he ends it. Um, on the concerning side, uh, Chris Taylor didn't play Monday. He didn't play Tuesday. He's not going to play Wednesday. He's still dealing with neck stiffness that's bothered him since Saturday. He felt something in batting practice that day and was a late scratch from the lineup. 
Uh, Taylor had a cortisone shot Monday, and uh, so that he'll end up missing the final five games of the season. Now, the Dodgers will have inter-squad games over the weekend at Dodger Stadium, I believe, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They get, a, I think, a mandatory off day on Thursday. Um, so just sort of staying ready, um, and it'll, it'll also allow them to have innings for some pitchers like uh, Blake Trinan, um, Dustin May, again, Tony Gonsolin. I'm sure Tyler Anderson will probably pitch in there as well um, because uh, just to sort of keep them, uh, you know, regular and on point for the latter part of the NLDS, some of those pitchers. So, and also seeing exactly how Trinan and May are doing and whether they're going to be sort of ready or uh, to uh, for making the uh, NLDS roster. So now Taylor, uh, even if, even though he doesn't play, even he's not going to play the last five games, he'll get at bats in those simulated games. I think the Dodgers are going to also bring up some minor leaguers to help fill those out. Like uh, I'm sure a lot of pitchers will will go uh, to give hitters more at bats and not sort of tire out the arms if they have to. Um, so it's really going to be how Taylor feels um, uh, is is just going to determine whether he's available now. Since returning from a broken foot on August 5th, Taylor's only hitting 193, 278, 313 with a 35% strikeout rate. That's 44 games worth of that. Even if Taylor isn't ready to go in game one of the NLDS, uh, he could still be on the roster. Dave Roberts said as much before Tuesday's game. This is from a tweet from Jack Harris of the LA Times. Uh, his sort of um, quote of Dave Roberts said, if he feels that he can help us at some point in time, uh, referring to uh, still including Taylor on the roster if he shows any semblance of potential readiness in the NLDS. So uh, don't go, you know, writing uh, Miguel Vargas in pen in your uh, roster sort of predictions just yet uh, in that regard. But before we get to all that, there's still one more regular season game to go. I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow. But uh, Clayton Kershaw gets to start in this one on Wednesday. It's a 120 start. Um yeah, uh, the Dodgers will go for 111 wins. Uh, if they do that, they will be the uh, they'll have the second most wins in National League history. They'll be tied for the fifth best fifth most wins in Major League history with the uh, 1954 Cleveland team, who uh, also won 111. So yeah, uh, uh, the other thing is if the Dodgers win on Wednesday, they'll have the highest winning percentage in a full season in franchise history. So beating the 1899 and 1953 Brooklyn teams. So, and it'll be nice to go into the postseason, I guess, on a, w- a win rather than losing. At that point, it would be four straight. But yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>